one of our favorite oddballs we've come across in the decades of doing the Feast of Fun podcast is musician Chris Condren, a comedian whose catchy tunes parody time travel, movie trailers, and superstardom. Chris came from the Chicago comedy scene of the 2010s we were a part of that gave rise to popular queer comedians like Matteo Lane and Cameron Esposito. Today, musician, comedian, and time traveler Chris Condren joins us to look at 20 seasons of the Feast of Fun podcast, carrying his keyboard in a trash can, and the notorious episode, Pagan Christmas, which frustrated a Wiccan witch with his titular song. Plus, Barbie the Movie's director Greta Gerwig and its star Margot Robbie get snubbed for Oscar nominations while their co-stars America Ferreira and Ryan Gosling nab the honors. A new survey reveals 28% of young folks of Gen Z identify as LGBTQ+. How the future of augmented reality is going to help you get your freak on, literally. And a gay couple gets married at the Chicago Rat Hole. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Before we begin, here's a clip of Chris Condren performing at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Listen to his song Space Time Warp and his movie trailer for his imaginary film Werewolves on the Moon. <laughs> 1992! today is comedian, musician, or musician, comedian. Which one are you? 
I'll, I think that comedian and musician, because sometimes, sometimes I do both. Sometimes I do neither. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Chris Condren, folks, 15 years ago, appeared on a very notorious episode of Feast of Fun titled Pagan Christmas, in which uh, he sang the song made up on the spot, Pagan Christmas. And our other guest was Wiccan Witch. I guess that's a redundant thing. Shivian Belaris. And Shivian was not amused <laughs> that you kept saying "Pagan Christmas. Christmas." Yeah, can you sing it with "Pagan Christmas"? Pagan Christmas. And then you played along on your little keyboard. Yeah. Keyboard. It yes. is a big and keyboard, you- Mark. Don't diminutize my <laughs> keyboard. I, I bought the largest one I could afford with money. Oh, oh. So you carried it on your back. With, you you know, on, I would skateboard your, around town skateboard with that keyboard. Yeah. How heavy was that keyboard? It was pretty light. He was right. It's a little keyboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a big keyboard in the back. I lie yeah. about my keyboard size. <laughs> I, a lot of guys do. They uh, sometimes have to add a couple of extra inches just to get somebody interested in what they what yeah, they have. I add a few octaves. It's more keys on. Yeah, it. more keys than you'd think. And about you know, 15 years ago, yeah. Chicago's comedy scene was a very in a very explosive or exciting time. There was not a lot of queer comedians. There was not a lot of countercultural forces at hand. And thanks, I think it was like the Lincoln Lodge was really an mm-hmm. important venue there. And, you know, people like Mateo Lane and Cameron Esposito came from this podcast, but we met you guys, y'all from the Lincoln Lodge, you know, and, and Cameron Esposito said, you got to get Chris Condren on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think she was I trying to sa- sabotage the show, but <laughs> yeah, we really I, actually found you quite charming. Yeah, yeah, you know, who knows? We will never know, but I, I am grateful for it. I opened for her album recording. That's how we met. You yeah, guys yeah. were there. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was that was a fun show. And since then, uh, the Chicago readers have described you as uh, blurring the lines of genius and idiocy. Yeah, no, I, I embrace both of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and at that time, you know, even comedians didn't know what to make of you. How do you think your work has changed from then to today? You know how they talk about if you get enough monkeys pressing a typewriter, you'll get Shakespeare? <laughs> sure. That's what I go for. I go for quantity, not quality. So you're just a machine. And we'll just see what sticks. Hence yeah. the title of your album, right? Yeah. I promise my next album will be better. Yeah. I swear. It's, a, it's an oath I intend to keep. <laughs> the okay. next album will be I, I promise my next album will be better Raise too. your right hand yeah. now, now promise I promise I will do all within my ability To make my next album better I believe you Chris Oh, that was my left hand. Oh, and, and oh you're what lying I said, to me. You lied. What I said. <laughs> all right, repeat that, but again. <laughs> well, and you're working out on a new album called I Promise My Next Album Will Be Better Too. Yes. Why don't you just say, like, I also promise. Wait, is it volume two or as well? Two, kind of like um, kind of like Eddie Murphy two, had a two, oh. right? Didn't he have Raw 2? Yeah. Okay. Well, like yeah. Ghostbusters 2 Ghostbusters was, was two. just with the number. And the ghost was, like, doing the peace sign. Oh, I might do that. I might do the peace yeah, sign. Yeah, you know. Ninja Turtle hand or something. And uh, Look Who's Talking to uh, with John Travolta and Kirstie Alley also had the T-O-O. Okay. A, you know. I got a lot of options with twos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, I think, three. Yeah. yeah, numbers. I'll just T-O-O, spell it T O. 
So did you ever, let's go talking about pagan Christmas first of all, right? So the idea is that we had... I accidentally double. I double booked. We were gonna have somebody because you know we're, it was Christmas time was yeah. coming. We were talking to this pagan guy. We we're like, let's talk about the pagan origins of Christmas. It'll be great. So he came over. We we're there, and then I got a knock on another bell. I'm like, oh shit! And so Faust is like, listen, just you know, come on in. We'll just do the whole thing together. So you set up your thing, and you know, I think we were talking kind of seriously, and you know, trying to have a little bit of fun about the whole pagan Christmas thing. And then it was like, a mashup. Yeah, it was a it mashup. was a mashup between the the wackiness of Chris. Yeah. And the devout seriousness of a pagan Wiccan practitioner, and, uh, Shivian Belaris. And he had, what could go wrong? And he had some pagan stuff with him. Do you remember the turkey claw? No, I don't remember. No, that was a different episode. He actually came back again oh, a year back? later to do it. Because the first, we had him again and we invited oh, him again. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We well, like the Renaissance Fair? Yeah. <laughs> Brought like a turkey No, leg? it was like a, a turkey claw. Our so talent. He's a Wiccan. Part of his witchcraft. So Shivian is a Wiccan, and so he usually carries this bag of goodies, you know. And Cast one spells. of the most off-putting was a desiccated claw of a dead turkey. Was it like dry aged? Yeah. yeah, it was dry, yeah. kind of real brown looking. Okay, okay. It almost looked like a, a bully stick, you know, that you would give to your dog to chew on. Okay. You know what I mean? So dried up like that. Yeah. I relate to that because I carry my belongings around in a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> like Oscar the Grouch? I do my act out of a trash can now. You do? Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Describe that to me. So well, you, like, bring this giant aluminum trash can? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's a it's a Rubbermaid trash can. I okay. put my keyboard uh-huh. in it because I can use it as a keyboard stand. Yeah. So I just bring my keyboard oh, up. In the trash can, and I pull it out of the trash can. I just sing my songs out of the garbage. And Wednesday <laughs> came, and you, and we, since you were you were you were known for doing your musical comedy, so we're like, hey, Chris, could you uh, do a song on the spot about pagan Christmas? And so yeah. it was basically you just sang pagan Christmas over and over again. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of it got on his nerves. But we actually included that in our, our unusually strange Christmas music. And for some reason, special. I, special. I thought that there was like more words to it. But no, it is literally just the words pagan Christmas over and over. It's not like wishing you like have a happy, uh, you know, pagan Christmas. It's just pagan Christmas. Yeah. Pagan Christmas, or like pagan. druids lighting candles by the woods. Pagan Christmas. Pay, I, it's not like that. It's just right. literally just the words pagan Christmas. I like to pride myself yeah. on the fact that I'm a man with no vision. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wearing a, a set of ski goggles, and you're still wearing the same hat and ski goggles you were wearing 15 years ago today. That is holding up to a look. That's a style. Because not true. even Cameron Esposito held, uh, held up to her uh, side, side mullet. mullet. She gave that up. Well, we're just back yeah. in this era. It's China, kind of Chinese yeah. Zodiac style. <laughs> and we're just back. Oh, it's a, we're going si- in cycles. Is we're back at the wheel. What old is new again. Yes. Because so for a while you were not wearing the hat. In the, in the clock of Chris, because mm-hmm. everything I do is clock themed. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Yeah, there's a time traveler. Yeah. Wow. Are you a time traveler? I'm a marooned time traveler. Me too. I'm stuck doing slow time until I can figure out where I went wrong. What? Where have you traveled before? Uh, I've been to the '80s. I saw the. I saw Fonzie. <laughs> that was the '60s. And he thought I was like you know. Oh, you you went to the there. taping of the set Happy Days. Yeah, I want to see how he does the magic touch. You know. Yeah, he hit the jukebox. Jukebox just right to turn it on, and then I hit the jukebox just wrong. Completely messed stuff up, and now I'm here in oh, this man. era. Suck. And I'm just slowly sifting through, seeing where 
the anomalies are. And I slowly repair them. And then I can go back to my time-traveling ways. What is the biggest misconception people have about time travelers? Um, that we don't have a boss. Who's your boss? Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> what does Bobby do? He's a bureaucrat. Yeah. 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 And he, does Bobby have a he last yells name? At me. He yells at you. I usually just put those calls straight to voicemail. He's like, when are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm doing some stuff in 2024. I'll call you later, man. He's like, you look older. <laughs> well, yeah, when we first met you, uh, you were not even legal to, like, uh, that's a, something that we shared in common is that we were performing out in clubs when we were not legal of age to be in clubs. That's true. That's true. I was doing, yeah. I started doing stand up when I was 19. 19. How did you get past the, the age requirement? I just, I just walked past him. <laughs> well, you're six foot three. That's the thing. It's like, it's, you know, if sometimes if you don't say anything, yeah, you know, like if you just walk in, you're fine. And you acted like you knew where you were going. Yeah. 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 I, 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 well, I would also make a point of arriving before the door guys shift. Oh, smart. Yeah, that's right. Because we would get there yeah. to hang out with our friends and you were there. I would be, I would yeah. be, so the, a lot of times the open mic would start at eight o'clock, but I would show up at five and, and just like, you know, be, you know, working on your act. Yeah, yeah. And just be, a, and just be ordering like a, a soda or something like that. And sometimes and, I think, you know, there's leeway when you're younger to, to perform in a bar. You can yeah. be underage and yeah. perform. You Some of the places drink. were very strict and yeah. like. Well, there's but, some like yeah. there's a bar up like north. They, like they don't want anybody in there under the age of 26. Yeah, of the, it's by Loyola, so they don't want any of that problem. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the iPhone had just been released around iPad. the time. No, no, it was the iPhone, iPhone had just been released, and the iPad had just been announced. Oh, that's right. And none of us had actually seen one yet. But we were all laughing at it, being like, "What a dumb idea." <laughs> Sounds like a, uh, like a it'll a never take napkin. off. A female hygiene product. Is yeah, what yeah it sounded like yeah. a yeah, 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 yeah. And you were like, oh my. And Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, had a little skit. He's like, I have the iPad, and he was using it as a tray. You know? <laughs> Rest in peace, Paul. Rest in I peace. know who just passed away this past year. And Damn the other right. thing that people might remember you for is you kind of got into a little bit of trouble with your family because you you talked about it on this podcast, but you also talked about it and was it the Chicago Tribune? Yeah, about your dad who uh, liked to uh, draw erotic uh, paintings. Yes, and some of them were like really uh, certain categories, which were kind of funny. Were Dicks at risk or penises in peril, or like guys with these big hard ons, and then somebody's about to crush it or cut it off, or like he was on a pirate boat and the hatchet's coming down. Yeah, I did that part of my one man show in, in Just for Laughs. Yeah. I did like, um, I talked about that and I showed like the, the website and all mm -hmm. that stuff. That was like, and then that got the write up in the Tribune. But then like people at my mom's school were like being mean to her about it, and it was oh. like, and I felt bad. About yeah. it, but what did the, the people say to your mother after that? I don't know, probably some dumb shit that people always say. People are, like your husband, yeah, like, what's, what's your mother's first name? Or Janice, <laughs> she, Janice, your husband's been drawing dicks and gay bars. <laughs> Happy wedding, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Or? I, I'm like, I don't even, you know, I, I can't even remember, but I, I, obviously, it was yeah. dumb. People are, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not having it, was, it. I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was great. I, I, thought I was, it was great. And I'm that's like, the thing is a penis. Just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know what? Like people, they, they can, they can, you know, 
fuck off. Yeah. Words, you, know. I, you know, I'm just thinking in the day, like now that we're like the golden era of like just for fans or only fans. And yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. I'm thinking like your dad's prime for a comeback. There you go. You know? Yeah. Uh, that would be like illustrated. Yeah. yeah illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Papa, so. can you hear me? <laughs> Put your drawings on the internet. And now he can charge money and make some good coins. Absolutely. I'm thinking about starting an OnlyFans this year. My my ex-wife yeah. has one. You do? Wait, you were married? Yeah. You I got, got married mar- and got, divorced? I got married and divorced since I've seen you oh, guys. Oh, shit. No, you, you have not been married and divorced. Yeah, I did. We got married in Vegas. Who did you marry? Uh, uh, her, her, her name is Mariah Drew Carey. <laughs> is this uh that and, and how, what this happened? is a pseudonym Tell well that's her that's her that's her uh stage name yeah yeah her stage name alias yeah. we we met in uh in los angeles and uh and then we we like we just we really liked each other and then i, I met her and i was like man this is a, this woman is great this is a woman i could divorce <laughs> i could divorce this woman be chill um and it's true it's now, now we got divorced and now she's my roommate Really? Wow. <laughs> and we live together in New York. So you're, wait a second. So, so you are divorced. You're living with your divorcee. Yeah. And you're dating other other people. Yeah, I'm visiting with my girlfriend. Wow. And, and she gets along with with my ex wife. They're friends. They're yeah. going to a concert Ever, soon. Like three ways or anything like that. Or no, straights don't do that kind of stuff. No. I think uh, I think that might mess with the kumbaya of okay. the situation. Because you know when you're a guy and you're with a girl and they want to, th- it's. It's usually it's never two guys with the girl. It's always the girl wants to bring another girl into the room. Usually, yeah. So yeah, be open to that if that happens. Listen, you know, you know don't push it because if you push it and act like you want it too much, then they'll fight against it. See, there's too much at stake though. I got a good living situation right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to risk that. You're about to become a union employee. I'm about to become a union man. Yeah, you're I, working as a sound engineer for, is it the, theatrical events or film or I both? do both. I do theatrical yeah. stuff. I, I worked on a, um, that was not with IATSE, though, because that, my, my local is for uh-huh. uh, film and television. Okay. But, um, but yeah, like it's, uh, but, there, but IATSE also does have a local for doing like live theater, like Broadway and stuff like that. This and so what a lot of people don't understand is that when, when creatives are able to join unions, they get access to healthcare. Yeah. And so now you can find out that your deductible is 10 grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or so horrifying. You're like, wait a minute. I thought the healthcare would be like doctor's bills were covered and like only a portion. What's really yeah. that they have a the retirement options. Yeah. They have an annuity. Mm-hmm. Like, That's great. They, it's they a, have a 401k. Yeah, uh, it's better than that. It's uh, they also have uh, a pension, Ooh. and and it's 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 worth it if if you know, someone's a, a technician for you know, for that stuff. Like you know, consider it. Like it does. Good. It's good for a lot of many many purposes, not just uh, not just healthcare. And then also, uh-huh. the, we, we we like promote each other for work. You know, uh, you know, you 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 do like an oath. From what I understand, you do an oath to. I, I'm swearing in in February or whatever, but it's to you like you want to get your your kin, what they say, brothers, sisters, and kin, or something like that. Uh, work, you know, do your best to get people that are inside the union. You know, I'd, I'd be love to join the union, but I I, I just put this podcast out, you know. <laughs> you uh, the podcast but union, but you know the thing about it is, it's like the technology has changed so much. In the 20 years, 20 seasons, 19 years that we've done this podcast, 
that it's like sometimes I do feel like the guy in Up whose house is still there and all the skyscrapers, you know. But I, part of me is like I don't want to update software or hardware too much because I find like this approach works really well for us. Well, the, the, you know, the really nice thing about sound, yeah. mm-hmm. the old stuff sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, know, you were even drooling over the microphone. This microphone's been around for years. The Electro Voice RE20. The Electro Voice RE20 yeah. is the best. Legendary. Is the best dialogue microphone. I think so. It too, also yeah. has, and a lot of people go with the SM7B because they see it on Joe Rogan. That's sure. But mm-hmm. that, and that is a great microphone. It was used on Thriller. You oh, know? wow. To uh, record Michael Jackson yeah, going, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great. It's, Shut up. Every microphone has its purposes. Yeah, mm-hmm. these ones are really good for dialogue because you can get in close and it doesn't get boomy in the bass. Hey, is baby. this what Vincent Price used for Thriller? Is that what you're saying? Uh, not this one. Oh. The the oh, the, the other one. Other oh, one which, sure. I was gonna yeah. say like that's not a slouch either, but this one's like my favorite for. And it's also certain voices. It's like a chemistry. So, mm-hmm. Like certain voices sound better with certain microphones. It's not a, a one size fits all thing. Yeah, I uh, think Mark's uh, voice when he decides to lean into the microphone. Like uh, this, yeah. <laughs> well, specifically, you've got like a, you got a deep voice, and so like yeah. you would benefit you benefit from this because you're not going to get boomy with you give a low voice mm-hmm. and in close proximity, like you, you know this this is what that's good for. Yeah, yeah. don't drop this mic. Yeah, yeah on your dick. But yeah, so that's the cool thing about yeah. audio is it's not like yeah. it's not like cameras or where it's like you you look at the new model and then you're like man our old pictures look terrible like no we still love old recordings yeah you know well and part of it is like you know now people are are doing a lot of things with you know podcasts with their phones and the microphones there i mean and and so and they're consuming a lot of these things in the car stereos or or other less than adequate or less than um sophisticated audio environments yeah right and so Part of it is like we have really expensive headphones, uh, but the device that it's playing back on is not is compressed a lot. It's still, right, you know. I love compression. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> but <laughs> like for dialogue. But um, yeah. Well, I think like a lot of times the problem with those is uh, with it's just yeah, it's uh, a lot of times people are using a mic that's just like too far, and you can hear the room too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, we do put a noise gate. I mean, this is very technical. We're here to celebrate you. Yeah. And, and you're uh, in Chicago. You're going to be performing at um, at the Comedy Bar today yeah. at 8 p.m. That's a, a Thursday. That's going to be the uh, 30th of January. And Thursday then on or Tuesday? Tuesday. Did I say Thursday? I'm so right. sorry. Okay. Tuesday, uh, at, at the, the 30th at 8 p.m. And then Comedians You Should Know, Wednesday, January 31st at 8 p.m. as well. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Good so to people, be back in town. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. You're a blast from a lot of people's happiest memories. So you left Chicago. You went out to LA. You were out there for a while, and then now you're. How long have you been in New York? I've been in New York since uh, I think like 2021. Maybe okay. I, there were like all these billboards in LA during the pandemic that were like, "New York is dead." Yeah. And then I told my wife at the time, I was like. I don't know. Let's check it out. Let's go. Let's now we're going to get a cheap apartment because I'd always wanted to live there, but it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. But those pandemic prices, I was like, this is our opportunity. Did you get locked in? Yeah. Get that. Oh, that's wonderful. So you took advantage of the COVID pandemic yeah. and got rent control in New York. Yeah. And, and so that's how you're able to survive there. Yeah. No. And then, and then I was able to, then I got into, I was working at, AT&T and I was like man this sucks 
and then I did stand up and I talked about how much I hated AT and T. And then a dude in the audience who was a audio engineer, he was like, "You hate your job? What do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to be an audio engineer." He was like, "That's what I do." And then oh, he, wow. he, he, he he helped me out to to get into it. And then, yeah, I had a lot of a lot of lucky. A lot of lucky breaks. That's well, great. Uh, Meredith, That's the benefit of complaining. Our, our one of our regular <laughs> comedians, uh, Meredith Ketchell, uh, she was dating you at the time, and mm-hmm. she just had a baby. Yeah. Congratulations, Meredith. Congratulations, Congratulations. Meredith. And she said that you, uh, you know, were um, very gifted. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, can, I, I do have a, a, a nice piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your organ plays very deeply. Yeah. Um, so are, are comedians with yeah. bigger dicks, are they funnier than comedians with smaller dicks, yeah. do you think? I don't know. No? I've only ever been the one, and I don't feel that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a detriment. Well, do you feel like you're relying on your looks? You might, yeah. you might consider like a tour like the big dicks of comedy. I mean, we got Dan comes and does the show pretty Dan regular. Dan Cass. And he says his is pretty big. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, you get, let's yeah, let's find out. But can, can we now like uh, put Meredith on on blast? Uh, she sent us photos of your of your. She didn't send it to us. She, she just texted. Showed, no, she did. She didn't she text just showed it. it. She showed it on her phone. That's yeah. right. That's right. From, yeah, because she was worried that if she texted it to us, that they it would get out there. No. Yeah, but it was also like well known. You know, was it, wasn't, it? it wasn't like she yeah. was the only person that knew. But I do notice this, like, you know, with the, the women that I know in my life, when they're dating somebody who they're like enjoying the sex, they will share oh, they dick do. pics of their boyfriends with all their gay friends. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know, if there's a straight guy listening to this and you have a girlfriend who's hanging out with gay men and you've sent her a dick pic, all of her friends have seen your dick. Yeah, For sure. Yeah, and sure. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't really care, you know, as, yeah. but, but part of me is like, you know, because people are always like asking to see me naked, you know, and they want to see my face and my dick in the same frame. And I'm like, man, if I'm going to be sending it's out quite that the photo, production, I want to get paid. Oh. I want money. Flirt, you know? like, Can I have a picture of your hole? I'm like, no. He's like, come on, go to the bathroom right now and take a picture. Like, no, I'm not taking a picture of my hole and sending the it to you. The right hole. Yeah. Someone want it. And that's like, that's how I feel like at a certain point, like today, like if you're in entertainment and you know, you're reasonably, you like how you look or other people like how you look, then, you know, and they're asking to see you naked, charge them for it. You know, yeah, only, only fans, fans, that shit. I don't know. That's a, an ongoing thing. It's like, you know, cause the cost of living keeps going up, but wages stagnate. And so I'm like, you know, it's just a matter of time before everybody uses all the new technology that's coming out the corner, like all that augmented VR goggles and all that shit, they're just filming it to use porn, you know? And then you can experience what it's like to have sex with yourself and see what a miserable lay you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Because you can put those goggles on your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you have sex with them, and then you put it on and play it back. That's like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> and you're like, Isn't I'm what in I hell. Look like? <laughs> oh my god, what was I thinking? Oh, oh my, my god. god. And it really makes you kind well, of appreciative of your partner. In I don't some know ways. if you need that if you're gay, because like, don't most gay guys have sex with their 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 gay twin anyway? Like what? They always look like like yeah. gay guys always. Look oh like, yeah, yeah, They look like each other. We got to just just, that. Bu- yeah. just buy a, a, a ceiling mirror, yeah. the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, right. My dad had one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he had he had uh, like mirrors all over his bedroom, and I'm like, this is a man who was like in his 80s. My friend Bobby had a bathroom. Yeah. So he in the house he grew up in, he had a, a bathroom 
that was just all mirrors. Everything was made out of mirrors, even the mm-hmm. toilet. And it was just you'd walk in and just see infinite in every direction and be like, All right, I guess I'll piss now. Infinite guess, piss. <laughs> infinite piss. Did you ever take a picture of your dick like in the infinite mirror? I, don't, I didn't have camera phones. Oh, back yeah, then. not this back like, then. Maybe like playing D and D. Like when I was like fifteen. I'm glad that I lived long enough to live in an age where I can now do like, you know, Star Trek style holodeck videos of me, of me naked having sex with someone <laughs> film that and then return the product. Cause these shit, this shit costs money, you know, Dang. like 4,000 yeah. bucks. Right? Yeah. At least, you know, and those, those are the high end ones, mm-hmm. you know, and that's to make a hologram like it's, it's a three Super Bowl it, style. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, and you have to have the equipment to watch it, you know, but as the prices hopefully go down in the technology, a lot of people are very excited about the idea of like, you know, holodeck style sex. Like you can have sex with somebody that you always dreamed of and, and not, not in a, in a so observational, wear it, you wear it, you can have sex with an ugly person, but they look beautiful because you're seeing something Oh my else. God. Yeah. So That's can, terrible. Like, like those Instagram <laughs> Oh my filters. God. Like those Instagram filters, you know? The paper bag yeah. of the future. <laughs> By Apple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like all those Instagram filters, you know, where you get like, you look like an alien. You look like you had too much Botox on. Then it starts getting ridiculous. And I'm like, think about like, how people's sex lives in 10 years from now is going to be like, it's going to be bonkers. You can finally get into your clown fetish and your girlfriend, boyfriend, or, you know, non-binary. They don't even know. Yeah. You could be like, uh, you know, a closeted gay man having sex with your wife and you'd be fucking her, but really, you know, you're fucking Chris Bumstead or something. Yeah. You know, she's like, like people are like getting in trouble. It's like, she's like, let me see your settings. (laughs) (laughs) What are your settings? (laughs) I mean, that'd be. Brilliant. I knew you had me as a man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a, that's the ultimate like betrayal. It's like that you feel like your partner's being augmented. What if you? You know what would probably yeah. be the worst is if you just changed their eye color. <laughs> You're like, well, I gave you that. green eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like such a subtle like insult, like. Made your tits just a little bit. Yeah, like it's, I feel like that's almost more insulting. Is mm-hmm. the the tiny like. A t- just a tiny change. Just a little if you change stupid. someone to like a man, it's like, oh well, that's just like a, a c- compatibility. Yeah. So like, that's less personal. Yeah. But yeah. if it, but if someone like changed my nose, <laughs> be like, wait a second, that hurts have more. A button nose now. But yeah. see, the other thing too is like, you know, we always think that we're changing people's appearance to meet a very narrow standard of beauty. But what if like your partner is into clowns or? Full figured gals or big titties or little titties or, you know, or octopus arms or, you know, it, it can get really ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and so, so to me, I'm like, it's, it's a future that I is hilarious and terrifying at the same time. And I like that stuff. Well, as an audio dude, <laughs> I'm into analog. Yeah. I'm less about the digital era. Well, there there is no analog, really. Well, that anymore. would just be like yeah. normal, the natural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it. Um, I feel, I, I feel like the headset would bog me down. Well, though, I guess they'd probably have it be like contact lenses. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably be like, we're talking serious future stuff right well, now, if right? You're using it for sex, and you're trying to eat somebody's ass, and you've got that on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to get in the way. <laughs> well, yeah. they're going to make it le- not as, as waterproof. Heavy. 
Hopefully, you yeah. know. Well, it's like only if you buy the service plan for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta rent because it could get juicy. You know? No, I got it. Like you gotta resubscribe in the middle of sex. Like, oh shit, one second. Oh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta update my card information. Well, whatever happened to those Google glasses? Do they even make those anymore? The things that used to record. Stuff? I don't know. Google just gave up on them, but uh, you know there are like other virtual reality or augmented reality. The difference is that virtual is like everything's replaced. And augmented is some of the things are changed, like, you know, making your your lover into a clown. That's why I think the, the, as opposed to just, you know, being alone in your living room and having sex with a clown. I think the augmented yeah. like you're you're yeah. you're right. I think the <laughs> augmented reality thing is probably what will be the most commercially like that's what people will probably be like. So, it's a, it, you know, because because one of the criticisms is and I was reading about this in Cosmopolitan is that everybody's faces are buried into iPhones, iPads, you know, they're these portable devices. And with the aug- augmented reality, it's glasses that you're wearing and, and experiencing the world around you. Right. It's and, a filter. Yeah, it's a filter it's for a the lens. world. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so, and, then, yeah. And, then, and then think about it this way. People, like, there might be like a digital landscape of like billboards, like, oh, that billboard looks like this in... The analog world, but in the digital world, that someone else bought that billboard. And if you're like looking around, like things actually look different. Like buildings might have sure, like there might actually be like a digital real estate of of actual locations. But you know, like through um, AI software now, you can erase somebody from a photo. With these, I mean, it's pretty obvious that in the near future, you're going to be able to erase people in your life. So if you don't like a an annoying coworker. You could just erase them by putting on these goggles and tune out their voice and their image in a meeting, so you can only focus on one person at a time. Yeah, maybe it's like a yeah, yeah like it's, it's a volume knob, right? They're yeah. turning down like do it at home. This is I, like you you only pay attention to your favorite child. The other children just get no. <laughs> they're like I only have one child at home, and there's seven children at home. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, that's that's punishment. That it's the newest I, form of neglect. I'm turning you off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Click. Um. So so um. You know, this week the Academy Awards announced the nominees for the 2024 Academy Awards, the Oscars, and Barbie. You know, it, it's it's the most financially successful film. Certainly, like people say, hey, got people going back to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made Warner Brothers $1.4 billion, its top grossing film of all time. So it beat out Showgirls? Yeah. <laughs> and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, no, that's Rocky Horror Picture Show 20th Century Fox, and now it's Disney. Dr. Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. Just think about that. But uh, Barbie uh, did not, uh, Gre- Greta Gerwig did not get the nomination for Best Director. And uh, Margot Robbie did not get the nomination for Best Actress, even though Ryan Gosling got Best Supporting Actor and America Ferrera got Best Supporting Actress. And Greta Gerwig did get Best Adapted Screenplay. And people are like, but it's an original screenplay. Wait, adapted, yeah. Yeah, because it's adapted from the toys and the characters by Mattel. That's kind of a stretch. That's, a, that's a stretch, Armstrong, Oppenheimer, right there. <laughs> Oppenheimer also got Best Adapted Screenplay because it's based on real-life characters. That makes more sense. People. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So, so in terms of that, um, people are still really upset about it, and they're— you know, even Ryan Gosling said, hey, uh, you're recreating the plot of the movie by ignoring the women that 
created did it get this a, film. Did it get a cinematography uh, nomination? Like it, it looks really so. good too. Like with the yeah, like uh, didn't get set or costume or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't really? know. Um, I, I think it did get uh, either it did get win some technical nominations, but I'm not. I don't Wait, have the Oscars already happened? No. Yeah, oh. they did the Golden Globes. They're going okay. And yeah. Joy Coy uh, bombed at that. And oh you know, no, you know. And that's a, the thing about it is like, but before we talk about like, you know, is comedy funny anymore? Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Did you get to see the Barbie movie at all this year? I did. Barbie got eight nominations. Eight nominations. Yeah. What were some of the other nominations? Do you know? I, I'd have to read this article. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, it, was, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, there was, it was very visually stunning. Like they had really good, um, you know, like the colors and all that stuff. Like the, the cinematography was great and it was funny. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I never, you know, I'm not, I'm never like more of like a, an, an Oscar dude. I mean, I usually yeah, see Yeah, because your movies. ex-wife and your girlfriend will be mad at you if you say anything negative about the Barbie movie. I liked it. It was funny. <laughs> I did. It was You're funny. Like, Have we met any women that don't like it? I'm sure there's somebody out there. But, it's okay. I, but Listen, I bet, I bet uh, there's plenty of guys gonna out do there that the don't bar- like it. Who doesn't like it? Barbie? Barbie's fun, you know, but we all played with Barbie dolls. Everybody took their clothes off and had them fucking each other or mm-hmm. G.I. Joe or whatever, you know? I, uh, In I fact, I would like to see a He-Man Masters of the Universe treatment. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Because you know <laughs> He-Man really influenced a lot of young boys to get into bodybuilding or just think about yeah, like men's bodies as, as a sexual thing, right? So it would be interesting to see like that approach done with other toys and how those toys affected how we think about our lives. And and because that's really what the Barbie movie is ultimately about. I guess that's the the the, yeah. uh, the, the annoying thing is like the um, the emergence of like mm-hmm. company movies, like. You know, they did a Nike movie also, and like there was a Nike movie. Yeah, there was that that like I think it was was it it had Matt Damon in it, and then, then you have like the Lego. Then movie. you have like Ford versus Ferrari, and then you just had the Ferrari movie, and I didn't like the Ferrari movie that much. So it's like the um, ultimate product placement in some ways. Mm. Yeah, like it's but that's the thing is, uh, and we're I think we're seeing a lot more of these like, and that's like kind of like. Uh, and that Barbie was also that like it was a, it was another one of those things where it's like this is a marketing tool. Yeah, and then and I think at some points in the in the writing, it did feel like right. It was like a yeah, I, you know, it glorifies. It, it's it, at the end of the day, it was selling Barbie, right? You know, um, it's not like anybody goes to see the Barbie movie and say, "Man, what a fool I've been to buy these dolls." Right. It's more right. like laughing at the wacky things that we played with as kids. There like were some pretty great bits in it. The easy bake yeah. oven, you know, that we had as kids was hilarious and and it inspired people to go into baking. And and you know, I have friends who love G.I. Joe's and inspired them to get into the military for better or for worse. Yeah. So, you know, part of it the idea is like the film, you know, even though it speaks to our shared experience about, you know, um feminism and and um and you know uh prejudice towards women um sexism <laughs> escaping to me misogyny. it's like misogyny right so is it is it a film that stands above and beyond the other categories and you can argue yeah you know because it spoke so much to people and had a novel approach 
both in the way that Margot Robbie portrays this plastic doll character mm-hmm. and also the way that they merge the the real world impact of the doll with the fantasy world that they created in the movie, right? Yeah. And, you know, and Whoopi Goldberg and Greta Gerwig are like, people, don't sweat it. You know, we made $1.4 billion. It's, there's going to be a sequel. Be chill. You and know? It was, it That's was, a bummer it was, that Margot Robbie gets, got yeah. Uh, yeah. snubbed because she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did get yeah. best picture, costume design, production design, adapted screenplay. So, you know, and it got eight nominations, which is pretty good. So is Barbie a film that gets people more thinking of changing the way they think about women and feminism in a positive light, as opposed to films like nine to five Thelma Louise working girl, the original color purple aliens, Mm. aliens, you know? Yes. Before, before aliens, Sigourney Weaver, you know, kicking butt. It's like, a strong female lead in an action sci-fi film is just not happening. I think Aliens is a pretty yeah. epic moment. Yeah. And so, you know, and, 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 and Sigourney Weaver is the villain in Working Girl also. <laughs> <laughs> she is. You know, and, and so the question is, like, do you guys feel like, you know, looking at, because you're not, you know, necessarily identify as women or non-binary. Um, do you feel like Barbie... Had has had more of an influence in the way you think about women than these other films, and I'm asking the listeners too as well. Well, you know what? Like, Barbie did a great job of like, like just having some really funny roasts of dudes. Mm-hmm. Like the part where they're playing the guitar on the beach. That scene was hilarious. Like, and I think that you know, or the way the Godfather is like, no, let me explain it. Yeah. To you. Yeah. 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 No, like that, yeah. that, those are just like, it was, it, that's what I was saying. It was like, it is a funny movie. It had like a mm-hmm. lot of great moments mm-hmm. and stuff, Com- but you're, you're asking like, how does it compare to like aliens or, you know, other, uh, well, it does the, does the movie bring, and you know, maybe time will tell, like, has it had a profound impact on how we change our thoughts of women and, and sexism and feminism, in a positive way, in a constructive way, as opposed to a negative portrayals of women, like in single white female or fatal attraction. Well, I think or basic you know, something instinct. like nine to five is a kind of a simpler complex, you know, simpler kind of concept in a way, because mm-hmm. uh, as far as that, it's just kind of like workplace being respected in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Whereas Barbie was about like what it is to be like an essence of a woman. So, you know, for, for a lot of that, it's hard for some people to digest because, you know, they're not aware of what women go through. So they don't understand some of the humor that's involved. Yeah. But I think, I think Barbie probably, I would say has like a very much embodying like a perspective and is like, you know, humanizing and like also they did such a great device with the, like the role reversal of like, if anyone gets mad about Ken, it's like, well, realize what that is actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like that's yeah. such an interesting device of like, you know, it's a great like way to trick people that like might initially. What do you mean? Well, the idea is like anyone that's like it's a mad standard. about if anyone's mad about the way sure. Ken is treated. But like the, the analogy is that like, but that's how women Barbie, are treated. Right. Like, like, exactly. so it, it's like a great like way of getting people that might not initially. Uh, like humor the idea mm-hmm. to like, I don't know, like a, maybe like a Trojan horse well, or something. Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, you are more than enough. 
Yes. <laughs> to say the lines there. And and they feel, I think, you know, to some degree, they're very grateful for the success of the film. And certainly the public has spoken out in overwhelming favor of that, you know. And, and you know, I think about like nine to five in the 1970s when that film came out, the standard hours in a workday was nine to five, which means that for an hour lunch break, people working 35 hours a week. Now it's expected to working nine to six or eight to five and your hour lunch, you know, adds up to 40 hours a week. So, you know, like I, I, when I first entered the workforce, I was working 10 till six and I was like, sucking all those dicks. <laughs> what a way to make a living, you know? And, and so, so I, and it's interesting that even like in our lifetimes, the conditions for pe- working class people have deteriorated. And, you know, the song like nine to five, there's just this feminist anthem that Dolly Parton wrote, um, sort of remind us bitterly that, you know, things have gotten worse, not better for people. Dang. Yeah. You know, well, in Coleman Domingo, uh, got nominated for rust. And so he was, this is only the second time a gay person has been nominated for an Oscar for playing an Oscar for playing a gay person. He played Rustin. And uh, I think it's, I think it went straight to Netflix. Oh yeah, we saw that. And then yeah. uh, Jodie Foster also is nominated, and so she is also playing a lesbian played by a lesbian. That's I think the first time that's yeah. ever happened. The first time for Jodie Foster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, her beautiful Sydney. Mm. Yeah. I don't think they're together anymore. Oh shit. No, I think that that's was why long, she. That was a long time ago. You know, it's hard to be in a relationship with a famous queer person. You know, because everybody's scrutinizing them. I liked contact. Yeah. Yeah. That she had said she pretended to, she was, a, she, I think she was nominated for best actor or actress. Was she for contact? Yeah. For pretending that having sex with Matthew McConaughey was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, he's a good looking guy, you know, yeah. but you could be like, you know, when you're having sex with him, he'd be like, all right, all right, all right. I need you to eat my ass. And I was, I was watching uh what is, she's got a HBO show yeah. on now night. Uh, night country or something like that it takes place in Alaska. And yeah. It's kind of like, it's a murder mystery, but there's some kind of sci-fi aspect to it, maybe or horror aspect to it. But in it, she gets, she gets fucked on this like a uh, desk by, um, by some older guy. And it was kind of interesting to see Jodie Foster with her legs spread open. It was almost like she was back at the accused or something on that pinball machine. Oh yeah. A lot of actors are referencing their greatest moments of their careers and, and, in roles today, you know, mm-hmm. it almost feels like when they're getting cast, it's, it's like, they're like winking at it, you know, like Sigourney Weaver in a movie. It wouldn't surprise me if she's like, get away from her. You bitch, <laughs> you know, is what I would say if I were, you know, in the, you know, do you like yeah. when, mm-hmm. do you like when you recognize an actor in a movie or do you like when a role is played by an actor that you don't know and you're able to like suspend like when, do, when Brad yeah. Pitt enters a movie, it's like, hey, Brad Pitt versus like. Did, I like did good actors. Yeah, yeah. And some recognizable actors are really good. I mean, certainly, yeah. you know, uh, you know uh, the one who gets all those awards, the, the uh, blanket. Sorry. Um, you know, when we see a, an actor that's really successful playing a role at first, we're just like, great. You know, Meryl Streep's at it again. But then we realize that Meryl Streep really is a great actor and is going to deliver. And so it doesn't matter. You know, an actor, a great actor can overcome a lot of obstacles 
because they're allowing you to lose yourself in the fantasy of the of the play or the film or the TV show. But it's something that they end up working against, though, is that we do recognize them. Yeah. But, they have to know, work harder to immerse. And that's part of the ridiculousness that sometimes that they cast, you know, uh, a Caucasian person in an Asian role, or for example, you know, and and to me, I'm like, there are plenty of actors. That's that not are, the type of immersion we're looking yeah. for. <laughs> you know, so uh, that was, uh, what was that? Scarlett Johansson was uh, playing an and Asian I think, character. I think they were going to cast Emma Stone in something too, and they were just like, mm. Yeah, so, you know, and, and part of it is like, look, you know, a lot of actors have been in the closet and not gotten cast in certain roles because it might out them. Mm. Um, think about like uh, Neil Patrick Harris, like the role type of roles he played for most of his career versus what he plays now. I mean, he was Hedwig on Broadway, right? But you know, for most of his career, he was playing like sexist male roles or, you know, macho roles or, you know, brainiac roles. And we, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's you know, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so so it is interesting, like that now we're starting to see more diversity in. But, you know, alignment with who gets cast to represent what, you know, in films and television. And I don't know if like that's necessarily a great thing or a bad thing, but it's I just want to see more opportunities in writers and 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 directors, you know. And so mm -hmm. even like if you're looking at who got nominated in these in these categories, it's mostly rich, straight white men. And, and it's like, and making movies is and still that's expensive vote for them is rich, straight white men. It's an election. Yeah. And it costs money to canvas, you know? It, so just that's like, true. You see all those, yeah. those billboards all around like Hollywood. Oh, cause you, you were living for in your LA, consideration yeah. for your yeah. consideration. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there's a new, uh, survey that just came out said, um, that, one, uh, what is it? One in four? One in four. Young people. Gen Z. Are you Gen Z? I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. So the kids that are younger than you, mm -hmm. one out of four, basically, 28%. So it's more than one. Yeah. Is, so anyone born between 1981 and 1996, yes. ages 23 to 38, basically. They identify as something yeah. other than straight. If you can believe it, 15% is bisexual, 5 is gay or is lesbian, and 8% as something else. I wonder what that something else entails. You know, like uh, sapiosexual, or like Amanda Cohen came out as um, asexual mm -hmm. this year, you know? So, it, it, <laughs> big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of it is like, uh, it, it's, it's allowing people to fearlessly be themselves and say, I'm not necessarily what you expect me mm -hmm. to be, even though that's not necessarily LGBTQ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your generation is about 16% okay. of people identify as LGBTQ plus and um, generation X is 7%. So like, it's like the young kids these days are like, that's like three times more than my generation. Yeah. Four times. Nice try, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Discouraging people from being trans. Every, I mean, you go to public schools today, high schools today and, and, and talk to anybody who's a teacher. It's like you and, and young people, they would be caught dead being transphobic or homophobic right. for the generally speaking. And, you know, for our experience, when we were young and, and in high schools, we were all bullied. Right. And it was accepted. Mm -hmm. And the teachers accepted, bullied it. Expected. Yeah. It was, the, it, it was the opposite. It was like uh, you had to toe the line. They, like, yeah. You're like the conformity. Probably less than what was it? 
you said it was seven percent for seven seven percent for yeah. Mark and I's generation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's not necessarily that people are becoming more and more queer. It's that more yeah. people are comfortable in expressing who they are and telling other people. Who well, they I think like. that's like a misconception. A lot yeah. of times, like you know, people like people think that like yeah, more like mm-hmm. that more people are it's it's more of a revelation of what exists rather than it's well it's also that happens in statistics a lot it's like this is not we're just doing better job of getting objective numbers but it's also what you see you know what i mean so like younger generations they didn't necessarily see a trans person so they didn't know that that's what they are or could be you know what i mean and so that's why visibility is super important that's why it's important that these actors get these roles uh why they have these jobs that we have teachers that are queer that you know, we have people being accepted because then people see them and that becomes a role model for them. And that's why these religious rights, people want to like, no, don't say gay, don't have these books, don't have these things, because they feel as though as long as they can keep this stuff hidden from uh, kids long enough that they can control the outcome. You're, and to some degree, they probably can, but you know, nature's gonna find a way. You know, you know Daryl Davis? <laughs> Jurassic Park, but for sex. Mm-hmm. Nature finds Darryl a Davis? way. Who's Daryl Davis? This is dude. He, uh, he's a, a, a black man. He's a he's a blues musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has a bunch of clan robes of people that like he got that like they gave up their clan robes. Oh. They're like like he like through the power. What does he have it in his attic or something or like in a I museum? Think, yeah, like or? he just has them at his place. It's like but he, like and it's like a lot. It's like maybe like a hundred or something. It's like a lot of. So you go to this guy's house. And in the living room. Yeah, it's alarming. Bunch without, of mannequins. If you clients. just walk into his house, it's probably very alarming, like if you don't know the backstory. But, Shit. Um, and it's it's something that is worth, like, you know, looking up and, and looking into the story of, of Daryl Davis. I think Daryl Davis. And it, it speaks a lot about the power of humanization. Uh-huh. And because he would sit and talk, and talk with people. And, like, they would, you know, eventually realize it's like, you know, like, what am I, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, like indoctrinated into hate. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, why are you wasting your time hating on somebody? Build a life for yourself, you uh, know? But like, and I think that's like, you know, the, the, a lot of times like these, uh, what would they say? Metastasizing beliefs that comes from being in echo chambers. It comes from the fact that, you know, we Isolation. don't. Isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the. Uh, but isolation can affect everybody. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. And there's a, you know, like Nancy Pelosi saying that Russia's behind uh, people's, you know, perception or beliefs or uh, anger of the, the, you know, the war between Israel and, and Gaza and, you know, the, the controversy of Israel's response to the Gaza's attacks. Mm-hmm. It is just like, you know, Black Lives Matter was documented and shown to be fueled by Russian uh, propagandists, even though it was a justified cause. Uh, you know, divis- divisiveness helps conservative politicians get elected. Yeah. And conservative politicians in the United States want to empower Ru- the Russian government at the hands of Vladimir Putin to do as they please with anybody in the world. And people like, oh, as Trump says, we're not so innocent, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, I'd rather deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And we've been at the hands of uh, some terrible situations of of Russian propagandists who have uh, threatened us directly. And so, 
you know, part of me is like, maybe we're more a little bit isolated from that propaganda, but it's like, I've seen a lot of our guests just get, and when you talk about Israel and Gaza, and I'm, I'm anti-military industrial complex. Yeah. I've been that way for a long time. I'm waiting for a candidate from that. No candidate is ever anti-military industrial complex. It, it, um, like, and it's, it's, it's wild. It's but, wild. Like that. Yeah. It, again, I think so many people mm -hmm. do not want to be, have their tax money go towards, you know, uh, the, this right. wasteful military spending. And, right. and like, yeah, like that, you know, but it, we don't see that representation of like. But part of the thing is that our politics get hijacked by people who are out to harm us, both domestically and internationally. And, and it gets hijacked through what we think is our original ideas and thoughts through social media, through the Internet. Right. right. Could you repeat that? Sorry. So, so our, what we think is our original, you know, we think of ourselves as progressive, educated, uh, free thinkers. We right. think of our thoughts as being our own, but we are just as influenced by social media as, as a Trumper is to some degree. And so whenever the message, whenever the feeling that we get is that divisiveness, yeah. that is something that is out to harm you. Well, it's a form of, that's because that's isolating. That's you. dehumanization. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, uh. Well, then, and back to the, I do want to say with the Daryl Davis thing, mm -hmm. like what he's did is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that people should go like he, he risked his life many times, many times yeah. over. Like, you know, and you know, he's, it's fortunate that like, so it's not like that's, oh, this is what needs to, but it's just, a, I thought that was an inspiring story, but yeah, no, it's, Mm -hmm. It's um, yeah. Anytime, any I, I think about things as like on a spectrum of being dehumanizing or humanizing, and and, and what are things that create, you know, that cultivate like a uh, a humanization, a greater what, understanding, a greater, yeah. greater connection, yeah. And, and and you know, and maybe it's like letting go of the idea of understanding, right? Like I I think about in my life, how how many times have I been understood, right? Or you've been misunderstood more than sometimes more than you've been understood. But I, yeah. I think that's true about every human. We've all yeah. been misunderstood, but that, but there are people that mm -hmm. seek to understand. And, and I think like, as long as like, I think that like, I think it's like, just like at least the seeking to understand rather than the seeking to misunderstand. Cause I think we see a lot of seeking to misunderstand. Sure. Like, do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like when yeah, someone picks that, apart your yeah. words and they try and like, that's garbage. Well, like and somebody says like, if you don't think that Trump is going to be yeah. harmful as if he becomes president of the United States, then I'm going to defriend you. And then part of me is like, clearly you're going to not want to have a connection with that person. But at this point right now, you guys are tied to each other on social media and that person, whether they like it or not is being influenced by you. Mm -hmm. So by you sort of kicking them to the curb, you're actually rewarding that isolation that causes yeah. harmful things to come into existence. Because right. Trump wants his followers to be isolated from the rest of the community. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to take self care into fact mm. account. And if by you, keeping these people in, in part of your life is harming you, then don't, I mean, announce, the most you know, thing. don't announce it. Just get rid of them. You, you know? can't set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, true. No, first can't. things first. Like if you're, if you're now, like if you have the, you know, but yeah, mm -hmm. like, only if you are in a good place. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It, it, it's always good to have 
um, you know, a healthy discourse, right? Chris, when we first came to us, you were, uh, you know, a young person and now you're a man, you're an adult. Hello. And a lot of your, <laughs> a lot of your comedy, a lot of your material is very playful and, and silly and fun. Um, is it harder? And I know that you're still holding on to that as a comedian. Is it harder to be that now today than it was when you were 20 years old? F uh, 15 years later. Yeah. Which, which uh, to be, is like, it harder to be, to be silly light? and fun, silly yeah. and fun. Um, as a comedian, as a musician, I do think people hate silly. The world hates someone that's not taking stuff serious. They're like, you got to take this serious. And you're like, yeah. I'm just dancing, man. They're like, you got to <laughs> stop dancing. <laughs> Look around. <laughs> this is a serious time. Sure. Like, yeah. and I, I think that like, and I, thinking's not my friend, you know? So I try to do it <laughs> as little as possible, you know? I see that, yeah. You know, I, I'm not the best thinker. So, you know, we, we're exploring my thoughts today. Uh, a lot of them probably dumb, you know? Some of them maybe, <laughs> you know, I might be onto something like a broken clock, right, twice a day, or like those monkeys with Shakespeare. But that's the hardest thing, though. When, when, are you, when am I right about something? How are you going to even know when you're holding a good play or a bad play? I mean, there's a reason why this show initially was called Feast of Fools and then we changed it to Feast of Fun is because those ideas are political and, and being playful um, <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> is a way to overcome this divisiveness. It doesn't isolate people. Yeah. Uh, if people want to follow you on social media, uh, where can they do that? So? Um, I'm Thunder Davis on Instagram. Uh, unlike YouTube. I'm also, it's at my account's also Thunder called Thunder Davis. Yeah, it's also th called Thunder Davis, mm -hmm. but you can, the, the for at, the short is just, the shorts at ampersand is Chris Condren 2. Chris Condren 2. I was too slow. To get the first Condren. Yeah, it's too slow. To so get, there's another Chris Condren walk on the earth. Huh? He's a lawyer. I plan on suing someone with him. I think that'll be <laughs> hilarious in court. <laughs> Chris, Chris Condren? Condren represented by Chris Condren. Oh, well, you know, they say uh, 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 an attorney or a client who has an attorney for their, I don't know, how does it go? If you have yourself as a lawyer, you have an idiot and a jackass as a client. And Sounds a, like me. Sounds like I'm hurting. <laughs> and we also say that about self-publishing, too. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're your own publisher, you have an idiot for a writer. Wow. Really? Yeah, because part of it is like, you know, books are collaborative things. Uh, like theater, you know, there is there is something to be said about like the solo projects, but I think you know collaboration is in the heart of uh, humanity at its best. And most books need a good editor because yeah. people will send me stuff that's self published, and honestly, some of the time it's really hard to read unless it's edited. Mm -hmm. You know, because people think that they're like, oh, I understand what's happening. I'm like, y you might understand it, but a reader is going to read this and be like, what is this? I hear them talk about how most of writing is rewriting. Yeah, basically, you yeah, spew yeah. out a lot of stuff, and then you got to go back and kill your darlings, is what they say. Oh, right? dang. Your favorite lines. This is some like, Dahmer this shit. This doesn't work. I got scripts in the basement. <laughs> what I meant, what I meant <laughs> to say, what I meant to Piles say was. Piles of drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, thanks for coming and joining yeah. us, Chris. It's Thank really nice to reminisce on 15 years of podcasting and comedy and music with and you. Welcome back to town. I hope while you're here, you get to a chance to check out the, the rat hole, which is our new, our new tourist. Trap. I'm going to bring my girlfriend. Yeah. 1900 block West Roscoe. Okay. A little imprint on the sidewalk of, they say it's a rat, but it might be a squirrel or something in the concrete. You know, I like that that authorship is given to the viewer. Yeah. 
You know, what do you see? Yeah. Right? Oh, do you see a rat or a squirrel? Yeah, it's, it's like a Rorschach. Mm-hmm. Well, rats are squirrels and squirrels are rats. Well, they're both rodents, but they're not yeah. the and same. And see, this and is the essence gay, of life. A gay, couple just got, <laughs> a gay couple just got married at the rat hole. Really? Yeah, they decided to have their wedding ceremony there. Now, I think the neighbors and are... And we got I might make my divorce official there. Huh? <clears throat> I might make my divorce official there. Oh, you're not officially divorced? Uh, so not you're, yet. you're actually living with your wife. Technically, yes. Okay. So you're a Mormon. Yeah. More or less, man. You're a more woman. Yeah, more woman, yeah. Mormons, more women. <laughs> more women, less men. Yeah. <laughs> no chance you guys will stay together? Ah, uh, well, there's always a chance. But I'm speaking out of, like, physics. Okay. And, like, quantum. T- <laughs> like, quantum entanglement. Yeah, like, I, nothing is 0%. I might become a clown. I might, okay. I don't know, be a pilot. Well, you've seen the future, so you probably already know you're divorced. That's, yeah. I so. Yeah, but I would be wrong of me to reveal the future. I would be, you know. Okay. That's the pr- uh, temporal prime directive. Yeah. You don't talk about the outcomes of elections before they happen, because by talking about them with your authority, you have the potential to change the outcome. Yeah, my time boss is already mad at me <laughs> about the, the things I've messed up. <laughs> Technically, I'm a time janitor. I'm not even a pilot. I'm on scrub work. You're like, there. what does a time janitor do that a time pilot doesn't do? Well, a time janitor mostly is going up and finding anomalies and then having someone else been like, go back and fix it. It's like, okay, Kurt Cobain is alive in this timeline. You got to send someone back and you got to kill him. Um, Why is always time travel about murdering someone and not like just a lot mopping of times, a floor that someone might slip and it's break actually, their neck on? A lot of times it's not even murder. A lot of the times it's just some compression. It's just lowering their impact yeah. in in the resonance of time. You know, you don't even have to kill people with time travel. You know, you just give them like a, a bit of a limiter. Them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, I, you know, the way Send we dealt with... vacation for a week and then like the whole timeline's changed. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't have full control of it, you know, like, uh, but, you know, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a, I'll talk more about it on my, 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 my time travel, my new, yeah, yeah. I, I my, promise my next album will also be better. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> two, I swear. Yeah, I swear, I promise. Yeah, because basically you're the time traveler equivalent of somebody in the hallway who's like keeping you from getting to the elevator on time. Exactly. And because you are like one second too late, the door's closed on you, the butterfly effect there. Right, exactly. And so some things have a yeah. lot of resonance and some things have less resonance. And then Beristein Bears becomes Beristein Bears. Yeah, that and whole so thing. That's my Mandela fault too. Effect, yeah. I actually created the Mandela effect. My bad. <laughs> Oops, that was a big oops. Yeah. I got yelled at so much for and that one. And the Flint Stones becomes a Flynn Stones. Yep, yep. Yeah. You know. Which is the correct one? Flint. Are you sure about that? Go check it out. Yeah, because it's Flint Rock. And is it Feast of Fools or Feast of Fun? Yeah, well, it used to be Feast of Fools, and now you were probably on Feast of Fools back yeah, in the day, and probably, now it's Feast of Fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, before you we know, changed the Because we like to be, you know. Like or is it the Mandela Effect? It's Maybe actually both belong in the timeline. Yeah. 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 Had, had we not. It was divergent timeline. It was actually Neil Patrick Harris's. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was, um, sorry, somebody with a compound name. It was uh, Dustin Lance Black. Dustin Lance Black's publicist that got us to change the name. What was, was like, the, what was the, the what? thought? Well, we were interviewing somebody who was very f- supposed to be very familiar with the writings of Harry Hay. And he has a famous essay called Feast of Fools, which the show is based off, named after an essay about the politicization of having fun. 
and and the the guest was and the publicist was completely unfamiliar with the person that they were claiming to be not very knowledgeable about. So we we're like, okay, nothing matters. Just like you know when the when the, remember the debate over the blue, black, red, uh, white, and gold dress. Yes, and people were like, oh. People are just going to believe whatever they see on the surface. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, photography is a lie, as, as, they, as photographers will tell you. Um, and so it was like the name had to be something positive because and more closer I think to of the fool, idea. I think of fool as positive. I think of. Uh, it is, but not everybody it thinks of it. A lot of people don't. It's right. Also, you, you're also like a white person, so you don't really think about it. But like a, for a black person, it was hard sometimes to get black people on the show. Because oh. they have a different idea of what a fool is. It's more of an insult. I yeah, think, yeah, in yeah. Community. Like with Mr. T, I pity the fool. But right, also right, like, right. And he, you know, he got, you know, he's not the one who invented that kind of that the term. Saying, the term. But uh, it was he, he popularized it, but people were always thinking, like, you know, I wouldn't want to be called or labeled a fool. Right, I right. I pity the fool who right. goes on Feast of Fools. Hmm. Right, right. You know? Well, I thought of yeah. it, I've always thought of it as something that is an insult, but it's like a really weird insult in the sense that it can also be kind of turned on its head. It's kind of like. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah, we yeah. thought about it as. Yeah, yeah. You know? I was never, I was never too, like when we, because it used to be based on the live show, right? And when we came to do the podcast, I was like, let's change the name. Now it's a perfect time to change the right, name. Right, right, right. But he's just like, nope, it's legacy. Well, because we had a lot of people who are fans of the show, yeah. and we wanted to remind them that we were doing this podcast, yeah. right? So it's it's sort of like why it's so hard to, like, you know, if you think about, like, how tri- Twitter cha- got ch- its name changed to X mm-hmm. by Elon Musk, you know, it, it's... You can see how it's been a disaster for the branding and, and how even people talk about that website and... And there, and and it's like, and they still call it Twitter, and they still call it Twitter, yeah. Seriously, yeah, yeah. I actually call Twitter the Willis Tower. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's confusing everyone. (laughs) That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Thanks for leaving us. I might steal that joke. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Before we go, though, let's remind people to subscribe to the podcast at feastofun.com slash plus. For an ad-free experience, you can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Make a donation at feastoffun.com slash donate. My birthday's coming up. I always love birthday donations. When's your birthday? My birthday is uh, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Coming yeah. right up. Yeah. Yeah. Aquarius. Aquarius. And so if you see Mark on February 2nd, what does that mean? We're going to have more winter? or Six more weeks of winter. And if you don't see Mark. it's We're in Chicago, so it's six more weeks of winter any way you flip it. <laughs> nice. You know? Well, thanks there for is reminding no early people. Spring. Yeah, and, and the, there are many ways to say I love you, but cash is a really nice oh, way yeah, to say yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, go to slash donate and give Mark a little birthday present, honeys. And Chris Condren, what your once once again, it's your your Instagram is Thunder Davis. Thunder, Thunder Davis. Davis. Thunder boom, Davis. Boom, boom, boom. And we're gonna leave you here with your song. I only crash Italian cars. Enjoy. Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm tired of hearing your doubts, but I ain't gonna sit and pout on you in the groove and soon to prove and you're wrong. I'll be a rich man soon enough. Oh, really, really, really cool stuff. But no, don't get it twisted by the new mister. I'll be gone here living it up.
next Not so the boats and crew At the tip top of It's on my vision board Yeah, I'm reading the secret I'm leaving you speechless I'm 